Welcome to Trusting the Truth with Samuel Tolley, where we view the world through the lens of Jesus Christ. We do not view Jesus Christ through the lens of the world. How are you doing? This is Sam Tolley with Trusting the Truth. And today we want to talk about the return of the gatekeepers. Well, we're in election season. This is February 2024. And in November, we'll be electing a new president, whether it be the renewal of Joe Biden, Donald Trump, or some other person that we know not of yet. But now it's time for the gatekeepers to start crawling back into the fray. And when I talk about gatekeepers, I'm specifically talking about people whose main job it is to keep black people in order to, to, to garner the black vote and to cobble them up and keep them in line with the Democrat Party. I have two particular gatekeepers in mind, but I want to show you a couple of more or a couple of other gatekeepers first. And let's take a look at these uh, people. Now, this is an interesting group of people. Let me start at the bottom first with Donald Trump and Snoop Dogg. Now, this photo of Donald Trump and Snoop Dogg was taken before, I believe this is the one, it was taken way before Trump came into politics. And when Trump was just a business mongol, um, you know, entrepreneur, when he was in all kinds of stuff, when he had his reality TV show on for 11 years, uh, he was very popular with everybody. And the rappers really liked him. So it was no surprise that Snoop Dogg was one of the people he was popular with. And at that time, uh, like I said, many rappers, I, I my understanding is, because I don't listen to rap, that some of the songs even spoke of Trump. But after Trump came, came down that golden escalator, after he announced uh, that he was going to run for president in 2016 as a Republican, Snoop Dogg was one of the many people that turned their backs on Trump, with the many people that was telling black folks to don't vote for Trump and saying all kinds of vile things about Trump. That was in 2016. Now, in the latest information I hear, Snoop Dogg is saying he's got nothing but love for Trump. So I don't know where to place him in this thing. Now, personally, I don't allow anyone, so-called celebrities, let alone people that deal in degrading women and children and speak in profane terms and elevate gang banging and all this other nonsense to influence me. They make no difference to me. Other than the fact that I personally wouldn't associate with them, I, I have, it means nothing to me. But I just found it interesting that the inconsistency of this man, that years ago, he was on the bandwagon with Trump. And, and, and to say that he's not alone, there were many people that were on the bandwagon with Trump before he became political. I, I dare say that if Trump decided he wanted to run uh, years ago as a Democrat, 
He'd had all kinds of people that loved him. Now he's got four uh, court cases going on. I believe he just got convicted of some kind of so-called sexual assault case in New York. And I mean, they're just coming at him from droves. So all of a sudden now we have Snoop Dogg or Calvin Brodus, I believe is his name. Uh, now he has love for Trump. Okay. Joe Biden and Carly B. This woman who presented herself as nothing less than a whore a couple of years ago, and maybe before that, but it was only a couple of years ago that I became somewhat aware of her. See, I'm not in the mainstream know-how and music and all this stuff. I, I'm, I'm pretty much of an aficionado of the 60s, R&B, although I do like classic rock, too. And I'm definitely a jazz lover. Uh, straight, straight ahead. I'm mumbling, folks. Straight ahead jazz. I mean, like the mid '50s to 1970. I mean, Coltrane, Miles, Freddie Hubbard, uh, Dexter Gordon. That is my area of jazz. I I love Art Blakely. Uh, you name them, all of them folks around there. That's where, you know, I dig into it. But. I understand that this woman made a song called WAP. Um, many of you know what the song's about. I'm not going to get into the particulars of it, although I think of it as nothing less than audio pornography. So this woman, when she's when Joe Biden is running for president. Joe Biden decides to have her interview him or either she asked her to interview him or what, I don't know. So, but there was this interview with this woman and, and, and it makes me wonder what people were they looking to influence with a woman who made such a pornographic song? I mean, is it that they think that most minorities and, dare I say, also black people, although she isn't black, are, are open to debauchery? Is that what brings us in? And I can say the same thing for Snoop, because this guy, as far as I can remember, hearing that he uh, <clears throat> participated in, a, not in himself, but has something to do with a porn movie. I believe this is the case. I could be wrong. But I do remember seeing him in a video, in a gospel video, which this gospel artist, which I, for the life of me, don't understand how that ever happened. How any man that claims he's a disciple of Jesus Christ is going to make a gospel song with a person who has not renounced his debauchery and his foul tongue in the whole nine yards. But anyway, getting back to Joe and Carly, yes, uh, this woman was interviewing him. And I guess, I, I just heard a little bit of it. I don't wanna spend the time going through the whole thing, but <clears throat> apparently she was helping elevate him to be president. Well, he became president. Now she's completely disillusioned with him. Because obviously, 
Uh, he's been a lousy president. I mean, I think it's hard for anyone not to recognize that this guy has been a lousy president. I dare say he has proven himself to be the worst president since Jimmy Carter. I mean, there was a there was somebody, I don't remember who said it offhand, that was talking about every foreign policy decision Joe Biden was wrong in. But in domestic decisions, well, what has he done? He has not elevated minorities. Well, not minorities in the United States citizenry. He's elevated many minorities, millions of them from foreign lands who have invaded our country. Last I heard it was about 10 million. If they say 10 million, it's probably 15 or 20. And I understand that Carly B is not endorsing him. And the fact of it is, is she also is not endorsing anybody. You know, it makes me, what's this guy's name? Michael Rappaport, I believe his name is. I didn't take a picture of him. <coughs> Excuse me. But he's this Jewish comedian, actor uh, who hates Trump, you know. But since October 7th and the Jewish people were attacked, and now he's seeing all the vitriol and, 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 and stuff against the Jewish folks and Biden's timid response, he's even considering moving to vote for Trump. So... But these two gatekeepers are small fry. Let's move on to a little bit bigger fry. And let's see how they pan out. We want to talk about Charlemagne the God. I don't know what. Okay. And Mr. Al Sharpton. Let's take a look. That we all can get burned, you know, by politicians. Because when I say endorsing, like, you know, I put my name, <coughs> my reputation on the yeah. line with my listeners. And when my listeners feel like he didn't deliver, they come back to me and they say, hey, man, you're the one who told us to vote for, uh, you know, Joe Biden. You're the one who told us to vote for Kamala Harris. So, you know, I care about my listeners and what my listeners think. But I do want to say that, you know, I, I think President Biden historically has been a, a lack of lack of a better word, a elected official. But, you know, Donald Trump is the end of democracy as we know it. So you vote for Biden. I'm not saying either or. This is the speech of a classic gatekeeper. Think about what he just said. He cares about what his listeners say. His listeners told him to vote for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. I remember this guy was talking about, well, the only reason I'm not voting for Joe Biden, I'm voting if he gets a black woman in there with him. Like all of a sudden, because it's, she's female and her pigmentation is, is darker than white, that's going to qualify this person. Well, I think anybody with any sense realize that it certainly didn't qualify Kamala Harris. Nobody, from my understanding, thinks that she is worthy of being president. I mean, her, her ratings is worse than Joe's. But He's sitting here talking about Biden has been a blank uh, president and he's used, and the metaphor 
was a word that starts with S and is talking about fecal matter or excrement. So he's, he's acknowledging that this guy is awful. He's been an awful president. But then he goes on and he says, but, but Trump is going to be the end of democracy as we know it. I mean, has this guy forgotten that Trump was president for four years? Of course he hasn't. He hasn't forgotten that. And anybody with any sense know prior to COVID, we had the greatest economy in my lifetime of 71 years on earth under Trump. That we had the lowest black unemployment or the highest black employment, who this guy, I assume, is referring to his people. Has he forgotten that? But he says Trump is going to be in a democracy. And then, you know, when you get these so-called, well, these gatekeepers, these politicians and these news people running around talking about our democracy, they're doing one of two things. They're expressing their ignorance or they're being deceptive because the United States of America has never been a democracy. It's a constitutional republic. And if they taught civics in the schools and the people understood how government works, that we have a representative government, not a democracy, it's not 50 plus one makes the rule, then they would understand better how to deal with the government and how to discern what people like Charlemagne has to say. And Charlemagne apparently has forgot something else. Let's continue. Listen, you got to come see us when you come to New York, VP Biden. I a, will. It's a long way until November. We got more questions. You got more okay. questions. But I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. <laughs> Did you hear that? I'm sure you heard that. Even the mainstream media has not been able to stop people from hearing that. This is the same joker. That, that, that said in the, the previous clip, well, uh, uh, Biden has been a blank president, but Trump is going to be the end of democracy as we know it. This guy stood over there in the prior election before Biden became president, let this man insult him and all black people. And he never said a word. Well, if you don't know the difference between me and Trump, you ain't black. Now, in all fairness to Joe, he might have something there because there's a world of difference between Joe and Trump. Like I just said, we had the greatest black employment. We had the greatest minority employment. We had the greatest, highest economy under Trump. And we're in double digit inflation. People are suffering every time they go to the uh, that gum grocery store. The gas pump isn't as bad as it was. But everything else is hurting. And I'm still not paying as low as gas I was paying uh, in, in 2020. But here's Charlemagne. This man talks about he cares about what his people think. Apparently, he doesn't care about what Democrats say about his people. And, you know, it, it's just amazing. So, so, like I said, when it comes to Charlemagne, He's going to say, yeah, Joe was bad because he can't say Joe was good. But Trump is going to be worse. Trump's going to be worse. 
even though Trump has a record of being president. He has a record of being president. And when he was president, he had the rhinos against him. That means Republicans in name only. He had the Democrats against him. He had many of these Democrat senators, these Democrat governors. He had Fauci stabbing him in the back. He had all this stuff against him, and he still has done better than any president in my lifetime. I'll talk about economically, folks. And he kept us out of wars. We, I mean, the Taliban didn't fool with him. He destroyed ISIS. Now we've been supporting this war in Ukraine since just about Joe got in office. And the Russians wouldn't have never invaded Ukraine when Trump was here. And now Joe done let 10 or who knows how many millions illegal come into this country. And every time they come in here, where do they put them? They put them in minority areas. They put them in there where the poorest people are, where the people that many of these Democrat cities say defund the police. I mean, they just arrested a couple of jokers that was beating up a cop in New York City. Then they let them out because New York is so crazy that they got a no bail law to help minorities, they said. And these jokers walk out of jail and they're giving people the finger that's videoing them because they know, hey, and they're going to go back to whatever shelter they are and keep sucking on the government's mammary gland that you're paying for. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy, folks. It's crazy. But Trump's going to destroy democracy as we know it. The, the, the black folks in New York City and in Chicago, they understand. I mean, the citizens, because they're hurting. They're closing down their schools. They're taking their recreation centers, and they're taking all their money. They Instead of the police patrolling the streets, they're sitting over there dealing with a bunch of folks living in the police station and the airport. Just like the Border Patrol was down there babysitting illegal aliens because Joe letting them all come across the border. But Trump is going to destroy our democracy. It seemed like the Democrats and Joe was doing just fine destroying our democracy. And Charlemagne has had nothing to say. Well, Charlemagne is one gatekeeper. But he's not the top of the, the totem pole. Let's look at Al. Let's continue. And let's see what Al had to say recently. The ultimate insult to Donald Trump because he wants everyone uh, to just uh, prostrate and bow to him and say now it's over because what he's really concerned about is his four cases. And uh, I think uh, that when you watched his speech and how he tends to now ramble and go off the rails, you really are beginning to wonder if this is more than just some of us that politically oppose him, whether there's really something that has gotten to him, because he doesn't seem to be able to be coherent for a long amount of time. But I, I think that he will be the nominee, and I think that he's demanding people bow to him. 
Uh, there are few uh, moments in my life I've been more embarrassed than to watch Tim Scott, mm. uh, who, uh, uh, you know, I know Tim and I are both practicing Christians, but I don't know if he could pray like that to, to the other side. I mean, it was humiliating to watch what Tim Scott did uh, as a sitting senator. Uh, and, and one time it wasn't even, uh, he wasn't even on the script. He interrupted Trump to pay homage. Uh, and uh, so I had to say that because it's bothered me yeah, all he's night. He's doing it right here. It says, it's just that I love you, Mr. Trump. It's not that oh, I hate Nikki Haley. It's just that I love you from Senator Scott. It's uh, not a good I day mean, in, uh, in, no. in my life to watch Tim do that. I mean, to think that we fought to see people like him, black, become uh, high elected in the South and to do that. He has a right to be a Republican. He has a right to do Donald Trump. But to do it in such a way that uh, is so humiliating was troubling. Let's put it that way. I'm well, be trying to be I as mean, nice as I can. Well, 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 well. I'll pack so much in those couple of minutes. Let me see if I can remember it all. First thing that, that, that comes to mind him and Tim are practicing Christians. I don't know how seriously um, Tim Scott holds his Christianity. I, I haven't seen um, a lot or haven't acquired a lot of information on that, but I've acquired a lot of information on Al. And Al supports killing babies in the womb. Al supports same-sex marriage. Al supports the, the whole Democrat agenda, transgenderism, mutilated little kids. And then none of that stuff lines up with Christianity. None of that stuff lines up with the word of God. You know, my father had a nickname. His nickname was Cadillac. But he wasn't no car. So you can call yourself anything you want to call yourself, but it doesn't make you be that. So Al can call himself a practicing Christian. I don't know what kind of Christianity he practices, but it certainly isn't biblical uh, Christianity. You know, and um, I'd love for somebody to tell me differently, whereas you can be a Bible-believing, God-fearing disciple of Jesus Christ and support abortion, uh, homosexuality, better known as sodomy, a child mutilation, and all that. Now, Al also said that Trump's rambling and he seemed like he's cognitively challenged. Those are my words, not his. Has, hasn't Al been around uh, Mr. Biden or watched him lately? Oh, well, no, excuse me, when I say lately, within the last four years. I mean, this is the same guy that when he was running for president, said to make sure you bring children and have them listen to the record player. This is a guy that gets on stage and somebody got to direct him off of it or where to go, or he leaves impromptu. I'm not talking about when he's falling down all over the place. I'm talking about he is cognitively challenging everybody with any kind of understanding and reasonable assets in their brain can see it. He doesn't seem to be able to have a complete sentence. 
let alone a paragraph. You know, he's reading from a teleprompter. That's okay. But when he's talking, many times he's just rambling and mumbling. But I'll say, and Trump is having rallies just about every day. Well, you know, about weekly. Different cities constantly. Then he's got the different court trials and he's doing all this stuff. And like, yeah, the trials are on his mind because he has to participate in them. He would rather, I would say, be on the trail campaigning. But he's doing both. He's dealing with all these cases that the Democrats are throwing at him. And at the same time, focusing on trying to get back into the White House. Constantly on the move, constantly giving speeches, constantly going to different locations. This man has shown more stamina and energy than most folks I can think of. Now, he says that Tim Scott embarrassed him. And he went off script. Well, he was embarrassed, number one, you know, and this is where he's talking out of both sides of the mouth. Oh, yeah, he can be a Republican. Oh, he, well, then what was he embarrassed for before he said he went off script? Because when he went off script is when Tim Clock, Scott came back, when people say, well, you must hate, or either Trump might have said, you must hate uh, uh, Haley. And he said, no, I love you. Now, there's many things that Trump did that I don't talk about. Many things that he did that uh, <clears throat> Tim Scott helped participate in. See, I don't want to talk about these things. Trump signed the historic first. Let me get this up here real quick. <sighs> the First Step Act. Let me get this out of the way. Let's, let's do this for a second. Okay, 90% of those who had their sentences reduced out of the first step act were black. Al, does that embarrass you? The first act, step act shortened mandatory minimum sentence for nonviolent drug criminals. And you know, this first step act is, is the act that Trump signed the law to get rid of the 1994 crime bill that Joe Biden put in effect. The one that the uh, Congressional Black Caucus wanted signed by Clinton because of crack cocaine was destroying the black community. You know, they wanted something to get rid of the crack. The crack was destroying everything. And crack, for those who don't understand it, was a cheaper uh, form of cocaine that was more addictive. And once you got hooked into that thing, it was hard to let go. You didn't care about nothing. I know people personally that were hooked on that stuff. And they didn't care about you. They didn't care about nothing. All they cared about was that next hit. So in one sense, there was a lot of black folks in 94 wanted something done about that. So they made the, 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 the penalty for crack worse than the penalty for powder. And then like politicians do all the time, they turned around and flipped it and said, oh, well, this was super racist because the cheaper cocaine was the one that black folks was getting. And so then black folks are being punished because of the cheaper cocaine. And this is bad. 
Well, at the time, they wanted something to get rid of it. So they made that law. And I think that was around also when they had the three strikes law coming in. Three strikes and you're out. So whether it was a good law or a bad law, those Democrats were for it at the time. Now, Trump got rid of it and he was helping black folk. The law allows offenders sentenced under racially motivated mandatory minimums to be petitioned for reevaluation. President Trump launched a ready to work initiative which helps release prisoners gain meaningful employment. President Trump has proposed a second step act to partner with corporate America to create opportunities for former prisoners to rejoin society. Now look at this, black Americans are seeing an unprecedented level of economic success with record low unemployment rates, more jobs and higher incomes. This is what I told you earlier. Over 1.4 million more black Americans have filed job, a job under, excuse me, between President Trump's election and February of 2020. <coughs> February of 2020, I think that's when we start dealing with this pandemic or pandemic, but we're not gonna get into that today. Black poverty reaches historic low in 2019. Under no Democrat president, under no Republican president has black poverty got so low. You know, uh, LBJ's war on poverty, it didn't help nothing. It enslaved people. This helped free people. President Trump designated 8,760 opportunity zones that are projected to pour, uh, spur 100 billion in private investments in minority communities. This is what Tim Scott was advocating, putting money into minority neighborhoods, which in turn would help minorities uh, unemployment and help build up the neighborhood. This was all under Trump. This wasn't under anybody else. And this is before Biden flooded those neighborhoods with illegal aliens. But the news that was against Trump, anything Trump said was bad in the news. That's why when he advocated uh, hydroxychloroquine or ivervexin for COVID, which both have been proven to work, the news was against it. Anything Trump said that was good was bad. Anything Trump said that was bad was good. The Trump administration established a fund to deploy $1 billion in capital funding for minority-owned businesses throughout the Commerce Department. President Trump calls on Congress to pass school choice legislation to expand educational opportunities for all American children, especially those in our nation's inner cities. The Democrats will never let that happen because they don't want school choice because they're owned by the teachers union. If, you know, I always use this analogy. If you had two stores, one store sold bad meat and one store sold good meat. If you went to the store and bought bad meat one time, you're not gonna go back there under that crap, you're gonna go find you a good store and get the good meat. Now, fortunately, the government isn't making you buy your meat at the bad store, but they're making you send your kids to the bad school. 
and they talk about, well, you can send this kid to private school. If you pay for it, you pay for the public school. The public school was paid through the public, through your taxes. And that's why President Trump was looking for a school choice, better known as vouchers, which I've been advocating for years, which many people advocate, because these rich politicians don't put their kids in these poor, underperforming public schools. They put their kids in private schools. You know why? Because you're paying for it. Yeah, they get a salary, but their salary is paid by you. <coughs> Excuse me. So they don't have to put their kids in a public school. They put their kids in a private school and you pay for it. While they're making you keep your kids in public schools that they don't care about whether they pass or not. As I said, recently in Baltimore, there's 23 public schools where there's not one, not zero, not a one child in any of the 23 schools that is proficient in grade level math. Now, what is that? Or in Oregon, where they suspended uh, educational requirements until at least, I think, 2025 because it's racist. Let me tell you something. I, I heard, I think it is, I think it's United Airlines. It's either United or America, but I think it's United that wanted to get a quota of minority pilots. So I think they're, they're, they're not accepting all the qualified white pilots because they need to get more minority pilots. Look, when I'm flying, I don't care what color that person is. I could give less than a rat's behind. Just like if I'm if I need surgery, I don't care what color the person is with the scalpel. I just want the best person that can do the job. I want to make sure if I'm in the air, I get on the ground. I want to make sure if I'm on the table, I get up off that sucker. I'm not sitting over here advocating that you give me somebody with dark pigmentation or light pigmentation, or narrow eyes, or wide eyes, or flat lips, or, or no, I don't care. I want whoever is best equipped to do the job. And for my children, I want them to be able to survive and take care of themselves long after I'm gone. Therefore, you sit over here telling folks, well, we're not gonna do anything to you because of your color, then you're not helping them. You know, California passed some stupid law a few years ago that you can go back 10 years and get your high school diploma whether you graduated or not, whether you passed or took the exit exam or not. That didn't help anybody. All that is saying is we're going to give you a worthless piece of paper that make you feel good, but it's not going to make you proficient and able to go get a decent job. And then when they go apply for a job, if you can still find a decent job with a high school education, that employer is going to sit this person down, put them on a, a desk with a test and to see if they can master basic math, English and whatever else is needed to perform that job. And if they can't, well, I'm sorry, we can't use you. I want children to be challenged all of them the same. You know, equal opportunity is not equal success. You have to fight your way 
to win. And if you don't, you lose. You know, the, the, I grew up in an environment where we used to call the dozens, you know, for, you know, you're talking about each other, the mama or people talk about you or you have to go through different stuff. Now you've got these anti-bullying laws where you can't say nothing about anything as a kid. At the same time, when I grew up, we had jungle gyms and playgrounds. We had sand pits and steel uh, equipment. Now they got plastic equipment and rubber mats. What I'm saying is the kids are soft. And being soft doesn't prepare you for a hard adulthood. I would rather kids get their, their bruises and their scrapes and, their, and, 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 and go through whatever they have to go through growing up so when they get up, they're ready. I did, and every, anybody that's anything did. But if you're going to coddle them all their little lives, when they grow up, they're not going to be ready for nothing. And either they're going to be somebody that mama got to take care of until she or daddy die, or the government's going to take care of, or they're going to end up being on the bad side of the law. President Trump's uh, 2020 budget called for $500 million in federal funding for school uh, choice. And, and in 2018, he signed legislation increasing school choice funding by $42 million. The Trump administration proposed the Education Freedom Scholarship and Opportunity Act. I don't think that passed. President Trump restored funding and increased investment in historic black colleges by 14%. The Trump administration provided more than $500 million in loans to HBCUs through the capital financing program. Yes, he funded uh, historical black colleges and universities more than Obama or anybody else ever did. They'd come back every year begging for money. He said, why are you coming back every year begging for money? You shouldn't have to do that. But he's the racist. He's the misogynist. He's the one that hates black people. He's the one that Charlemagne the God said is going to destroy democracy. But Tim Scott loves him because he did stuff. He didn't talk about stuff like most of these politicians did. He talked about stuff and he did it. President Trump worked with the HBCUs to protect 80 million in Title III carryover funding. President Trump signed a future act into law which permanently funds HBCUs and simplifies a FAFSA application. In 2018, President Trump signed a budget deal which forgave more than $300 million and debt owed by four HBCUs impacted by natural disasters and provided $10 million in loan payment deferments for schools that face financial difficulties, including HBCUs. President Trump worked with Congress to lift the ban on Pell Grants on summer classes. Trump helped people. But I don't see Al being embarrassed by any of that. I don't see Al talking about any of that. Why? Because Al is a gatekeeper. Al has to keep black folks in line. 
And you can't keep black folks in line if you start talking about the things that Trump did to help black folks. Well, let's see what else Al was not embarrassed about. Senator Barack Obama, recorded by a reporter for the New York Observer. I mean, you got the first sort of mainstream African-American yeah. who is articulate and bright and, and, and clean and nice-looking guy. I mean, it's, that's a storybook, man. Yeah. Wait, wait a minute. So, remember that? Remember that, Mr. Biden? Do you remember that? Um, excuse me, Mr. Sharpton, when he said that Obama was the first articulate, clean, mainstream black man? I guess you a dirty guy. I guess I'm dirty. And I guess you're not articulate, neither am I, or any other black man. It's when... Obama. Maybe it's because Obama's half black. I don't know. But that didn't bother you. That should have bothered you. But that's just one thing. We got plenty. We got plenty. Let's keep going on. Let's see what else. Unchain Wall Street. They're going to put you all back in chains. What about that, Al? What about that? They're going to put you all back in chains. Now, see, the problem is there's too many black folks that think it was Republicans that had them in chains. When it was Democrats, and you know that, Al. It was the Democrat Party that was a party of slavery. The Democrat Party was a party of Jim Crow. The Democrat Party was a party of segregation. The Democrat Party was a party of all that crap. And you know that, Al. And it's the same party that's used different tricks. But I don't remember you saying anything about that. I don't remember. You, and you're still, and that was when Biden was vice president. When he said that, hmm? I don't, I don't remember you getting upset about that one. Let's see what else we got, Mr. Sharpton. And by the way, you know, I sit on the stand, and it get hot. I got a lot of, I got hairy legs that turn, that 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 turn. Uh, um, blonde in the sun and the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down so it was straight and then watch the hair come back up again they'd look at it so I learned about roaches I learned about kids jumping on my lap and I've loved kids jumping on my lap now honestly I just really don't even know what to say about that last clip. I mean, when, when, when I saw that, and that's when Mr. Biden was running for president. That was before 
he became president. Al, I haven't seen one Democrat, not one that I, I, that I never seen, speak out against that nonsense. Now, this one thing is kind of creepy and weird. He's talking about kids uh, rubbing his hair down his leg and they curl up and stuff. Okay, that, that, that's, that's kind of creepy. But here he is talking about he was a lifeguard around a bunch of black kids. <clears throat> I guess he was reminiscing. If that's true, because, you know, Joe makes stories up. But say it was true. But then he says, I had to learn about roaches. What do you, what do you, what do you take from that, Al? What, what do you take from that? I mean, I, I mean, Tim Scott said to Trump, I love you. But this dude is around a bunch of black kids. That I, I had to learn about roaches. I, I mean, out of nowhere. He wasn't at a pest control seminar. He he wasn't in, in some kind of slum environment. He just out of, out of nowhere said he got to learn about roaches around a bunch of black kids. And then, and then he gets real creepy. And he had kids jumping on his lap. And he loves kids jumping on his lap. Now, Al, that, that reminds me of them folks talk about, you know what, when we have family reunions and stuff, you got to watch out for the crazy uncle. And you got to keep an eye on him. You keep an eye on the kids. Because I don't understand that. I don't understand somebody, some grown man, some man old enough to be them kids' great granddaddy. Talking about he loves kids. And they don't even know, they, they ain't none of his kids. He loves kids jumping on his lap. You like kids jumping on your lap, Al? Just like Joe? Let's continue. Let's see what else we got, Al. Senior advisor and uh, boy who knows Louisiana very, very well, man, and in New Orleans uh, and uh, Cedric Richmond. Okay, well, they had this situation in Louisiana early in his presidency. Biden had this meeting with FEMA on, as you can see, and he says he got this boy that knows Louisiana well, Cedric Christman. Man's 50-year-old grown man. He was, I think he was 48 at the time, so maybe it was a couple of years ago. Now, some people say, oh, well, he didn't mean that. I mean, come on, he's just, you know, talking. I mean, that's a joke. He's just talking, his boy. Well, anybody, most folks, if Trump would have called somebody boy, they, 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 it'd, be, it, it, it'd be the same news that it would have been if Trump would have said that he visited all 57 states like Obama said. Of course, when Obama said that, that wasn't no news either. But you would think that when Al did that once, it would have been enough. But it wasn't. He did it again. And two of the great artists of our time representing the groundbreaking legacy of hip hop in America. LLJ Cool J. Uh, by the way, that boy's got, he got man's got biceps bigger than my thighs. I think. 
Look at this man. I think he's like 56 years old. Another grown black man that Biden called boy. See, when you're a Democrat, you can call grown men boy. When you're a Democrat, you can call them anything you want to call them because you're a Democrat. It don't make no difference. You know, a Democrat means you can say anything you want to say about anybody that's black. And they, and they get a pass. The white racist Democrats say anything they want to say, just like Biden said a long time ago about um, didn't want his kids growing up in a racial jungle. Because he's a white liberal Democrat. And black folks accept that. Well, black folks that vote Democrat. I don't accept any of that crap. You know? But as a, you know, black folks, this, they they accept that. It, it 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 doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Then white liberal racist Democrats can say anything they want. They can treat you any way they want. They bring in millions of illegals and dump them in your neighborhood, and you better not say nothing. Nothing. You know, just like in Chicago, uh, the mayor of Chicago <clears throat> is sitting over there blaming uh, Governor Abbott for shipping a bunch of them illegals to Chicago. Well, Chicago asked for it. They said they're a sanctuary city. We welcome them. Sanctuary city is another way of saying we like illegals. We break the law, and anybody want to break the law, come on and break the law. So Governor Abbott said right on, and he's sending them folks to Chicago, and he's sending them to New York. Then they get mad at Abbott for doing that, but they get they don't want to get too loud to talk about Joe. Because it's Joe that won't let the Border Patrol do their job. It's Joe that let these millions of people come in and change America. Just like when Obama said, we're going to fundamentally change America. And that's exactly what they're doing. But you're a Democrat. They can treat, they can call you boy. They can flood your neighborhood. They can do anything they want to do to black people. And it don't matter because black Democrats ain't going to say nothing. Some of them are starting to speak up. Some of them in Chicago done had enough of this crap. A few in New York might have enough. The problem is, is too many of y'all, I'm talking about you black Democrats, that know it's garbage and won't say nothing and won't do nothing. And just keep voting that straight Democrat line. That's what they want. You to vote that straight Democrat line. They want you to think monolithic. They want you to be robots. They want you to do exactly what they tell you to do. And you bet not do nothing else. I got one more clip to emphasize that point. know, but most people don't know, unlike the African-American community, with notable exceptions, the Latino community is an incredibly diverse community with incredibly different attitudes about different things. Joe just told you. 
He didn't mean to tell you, but he just told you. Black folks are supposed to all think alike. Latinos, they don't all think alike. But black folks, you know, with a few notable exceptions, I'm one of the notable exceptions. There's a few of us that are notable exceptions, but we're the ones that are supposed to be the Uncle Toms and the Coons, the sellouts. That's what we're supposed to be. Yeah. But by and large, the African-American community, and I don't recognize African-American as a term. I'm, a, I'm American. I happen to be black, but I'm not here to argue that point. We're supposed to be monolithic in our thought and our actions and our deed. We're supposed to vote the straight Democratic line. We're supposed to do whatever the white races tell us to do. And we're supposed to shut up, just like when we were slaves, or our ancestors were slaves, rather. And I ain't having it. I, I can think. I can reason, I can ration, I can understand what the heck is going on, and it ain't good. And all my life, that I, as far as I, back, as I can remember, black folks have been following the Democrat playbook, and the majority of black folks that follow the Democrat playbook are impoverished. I mean, there's many of us that aren't, there, there, there's a lot, that followed the playbook and have figured out a way to navigate their way out of poverty. But as a society, as a mass of people, many of us have given up the gospel of Jesus Christ because you can't follow the gospel of Jesus Christ and follow the dictates of the Democrat Party. It's impossible. You can fool yourself, and many of them have. They say they're Christians. They say they love the Lord but they vote for people that stand for killing babies in the womb. They vote for murderers or the endorsers of murderers. They vote for folks that stand for the destruction of marriage, like Obama did. Obama was the one that got us, the, I mean, the death of marriage in America. He's the one that stopped DOMA, the Defense of Marriage Act, put in Supreme Court justices that would sign off on that garbage and sought the destruction of marriage in America for the LBGTQ crowd. Now we got, you know, we got Biden, the debauchery that went so far as to mutilating little kids, cutting off little girls' breasts, cutting off little boys' penises, and butchering them and trying to make them be something that they're not. I don't know how a person could think they're a Christian and accept that and not stand against that. You're supposed to stand against evil if you're standing for God. But if you're a black person, you're supposed to vote that straight Democrat line. Well, I'm not doing it at all. And if you're a child of God, I don't care what color you are, you shouldn't do it. You shouldn't stand with anybody. I don't care what party they are that ask you to endorse stuff that's antithetical to God or common human decency. Now, Al Sharpton, he does. Charlemagne, that God does because they're gatekeepers. They want to keep black folks in line. 
All I have to say about gatekeepers is watch out for them. Don't listen to them. Get the hell away from them because hell is where they're going unless they repent and turn their life to God. This is Sam Tolley, and I'm out.